This episode is sponsored by our friend Snug Plug. You know I don't do many sponsorships, so when I do, you know that I believe in the product. We all face outlets sometimes that have loose connection. They just fall out. When you're doing your vacuuming or you're trying to charge your phone, it just falls right out of the wall. Well, now with Snug Plug, you don't need to worry about that anymore. You just insert that, and it'll be nice and snug. A wonderful invention that I think you should get as well. And you can support us here at the podcast by going to the affiliate link and getting yourself a Snug Plug. A big thank you to our sponsor, iFixit, who fights for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She's a beacon of hope in the darkest night. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She'll teach you how to make it all alright. Hey there, hi, my name is Mercury, and I'm the trans handy ma'am. My pronouns are she, her, and I teach compassionate DIY. We're here to help renters, LGBTQIA members, and anyone who's feeling left out in a DIY space. Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Handy Ma'am Hotline. As always, I am joined by my wonderful, my amazing, my esteemed co-host, Maggie Conrad! Do you like how I like knew to wait for the sound effect yeah. that time? <laughs> what, I, what I loved about that is I didn't actually know which one Matt was going to play. Uh, so, but Maggie, before we go, I just want to say, uh, Maggie, you blow up my world every week. You're an explosion <laughs> amongst stuff. I don't know. I, I do I, tend to explode. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh god this podcast has already started off so well those sound effects was played by our wonderful sound engineer matthew allen Haig. <sighs> thank you everyone for tuning in as always we are going to have what five questions this week maybe Is that i think we're doing four questions we have... and we have an update Ooh, from a previous question okay we have four questions that i have never heard of before okay uh, i believe these are the ones that i was told before have a lot of cock in it. Is this just true? We got a lot of cock. Some cock. There's a lot of cock in this episode, everybody. Uh, <laughs> out of context, so weird. But that being said, there's a lot of um, cocking information will be in this episode, and I've never heard of these questions, so I don't know what they're going to entail. Mm-hmm. But Maggie, before we uh, get going, are we planning anything big this month? Is there anything happening oh at let all? Let me let me think about that. There might be the one thing that comes to mind. Uh, is that you are raising a million dollars for trans health care. What? This what? is news to me. <laughs> no, this is true. We are raising $1 million for trans health care by trans people for trans people. Um, the information about that is on my link tree on my website. And the organization we're going through is Point of Pride. For those who do not know... Trans people have been facing a lot of negative uh, things in the world right now. Mm-hmm. There have been over 350-plus anti-trans legislation across America, and it has been daunting and terrifying. Yeah. So, But the, the good news in that awful situation is that um, often in these moments, our community comes together tenfold. And right now, we're coming together, a bunch of your favorite TikTokers on TikTok are coming together to do a 
30-hour live stream on March 30th and 31st. We're going to start at 4 p.m. Central Time on March 30th mm-hmm. and end at 10 p.m. Central Time on March 31st. And me and Jory, Alluring Skull on TikTok, are going to go 30 hours without any <laughs> sleep and do a live stream together. And they're going to be here in tropical Madison, Wisconsin yeah, with me. it's going to be great. And we are going to do some wild things to help us raise $1 million. Now, we've already raised $100,000 right yeah. now as we're recording this. And we're hoping to raise 200000 before we get to the live stream. Give us some cushion. Because last year, we raised 100000 in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And I think that was amazing. But for some reason, I thought, hey, let's do 10 times that. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that's well, I mean, a normal thing to do. To be fair, you were only going for 24000 Yeah. So you blew that out of the water in the first couple but of hours. Also, I feel like I feel like in retrospect, maybe 200000 would have been good. Maybe maybe 300000 The fact that my knee-jerk reaction was a million. I'm sure that's reasonable. And that, and that was like pretty immediate after last no, year. It was, it was I, like the next day. We're going for a million next year. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was 100% the next day. I, d- I had like a six-hour nap, and I woke up and went, we should have went for a million. And that was where that started. Um, but I have help this year. We have a lot of special things lined up. You can sign up for the live stream. It's going to be public for everybody. But if you want to be notified when we go live, you can by just registering on my TikTok. And if you're an Instagram follower and, we're, and you were like, oh, I wish this would include me, it does. We are still are going to be doing um, Instagram lives as, mm-hmm. as well. That's also going to go simultaneously as my TikTok live is going. But Instagram is like specifically only your followers where yeah. TikTok is everybody. Yeah. So we have a better chance to get that money on TikTok. But Instagram, we're definitely going to have a, a fun on both of them and, and make sure it's cool, cool. But some of the things we have planned just to entice you <laughs> during this 30 hours, okay? You know that rubber band watermelon thing that mm-hmm. was really common that you would see in the live Just streams? Like one rubber band at a time. Yeah, we are going to do that with a fucking watermelon. Uh, <laughs> and, and I am not cleaning that up. <laughs> oh, no, 100%. I do not blame you. We're going to do that. We're also going to do Trans Pride Twister. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get, we're going to make our own little Trans Pride Twister a mat and we're going to. Me and Jory are going to play Twister together. I'm sure that's not going to get sexual immediately. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be nice uh, adults that are not going to make any sex jokes at all. And things are not going to pop out. I swear to God. But anyways. <laughs> at least not on purpose. Our talks just pop out at the same time. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> but all that being said, it, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a fun rip-roaring time. And you can help us raise $1 million by just watching the live stream, sharing it, and letting people know. And, you know, as little as $1 can help, mm-hmm. you know. Me and Jory have a combined total of 4 million followers or 4.6 million followers. If every single person who followed us, you know, gave, you know, 25 cents, we would hit a million in no time. So I think this is... Very doable. I think it's going to be able to happen. We just need to push through and and keep making it happen. Um, And, you know, like even last year, the average donation was only like 30, 40. Yes. And this year, this year, I think it's about 35, 38. I think it's about the same. 
We got about 2,200 donations already. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's really good. I'm pretty happy with it. I know we're going to get at least one or two larger donations at some point. We already had a a couple thousand donations, Mm -hmm. and I I think we're sitting in a pretty good spot. So if you want to know more, please just go to our website, mercurystardust.com, to find out more. Also, just go to my link tree, my TikTok, or my Instagram. And we'll link it in the description of the podcast. Yeah! I always forget that's an option. All right, Maggie. Are you ready to get a little dirty, have a little fun, and whatever the magic school bus tagline is, and learn something? Is that what it is? Learn something new. Is that what she would say? I don't know. I That just made me think of when what you say in Ask Mercury on the YouTube channel. Okay, Maggie, we, we, we did enough promotion, okay? I, that was you not on need, purpose. You don't need to promote my YouTube channel that is doing great. It's everyone totally should organic. Be, yeah, no, not on purpose. Everyone should follow me on YouTube. Okay, <laughs> let's get the first damn question out of the way. Okay, okay. let's go. Let's well, go. This one is actually an update from Emma. They, them pronouns. Do you remember the under the sink plumbing question that we did a couple episodes ago where it was like all wonky and going sideways. I'm a goldfish. I remember nothing. So here, look at this picture for anybody listening. Yeah. Mercury answered a question about this plumbing that had like all these twists and turns that it's not supposed to have. And so the, the water wasn't draining. What did I it, did this picture is before, right? Yes. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> I was, I was looking at this and be like, Oh, they sent before photos. But yeah, right? we, we were just talking about how like wonky it looked and it was like, Oh, it is not supposed to look like that. Oh, so they, they use PVC. They put PVC glue and everything in there too. Yeah. Oh, well, I I don't know what I said. I, this <laughs> this would be the perfect moment to play a snippet of the things I said okay, previously. Matt, insert snippet here. Look, look at all this glue. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I sounded so. Uh, you were so smart in that. I, I sounded Listen so smart. Wow. Just. Just a, a thought-provoking uh, commentator there. Okay, yeah. So what's the update, Maggie? So, yeah. They said, um, hi, this is an update for the poor plumbing under the double basin kitchen sink from Emma in Portsmouth, Virginia. Thank you for your advice on the podcast. We're gathering supplies to redo the plumbing, and luckily our neighbor is a plumber and is going to help us fix it. He came over with all his tools and made sure it wasn't a clog, and now we're working on getting it replumbed. And no, the previous owners did not know what they were doing at all, LOL. As I said, there is a long list of things wrong with our house that weren't apparent when we bought the ho- uh, when we had the house inspected before we bought it. They had cleverly covered missing plates from outlets or just kept information from us, like poor air circulation in the bedrooms from the vents. I won't even go into what the paint jobs around the house are like. My husband and I are just a couple of broke bitches from opposite sides of the country (laughs) trying to make our home safe for our new baby and cats. Thank you again for your advice and insight on our situation and giving us the push we needed to go ahead and redo it. Wow. I'm happy that your neighbor's helping out with that because, like, it didn't look like a job that would be easy to do. Yeah. I think it's doable. I think those kind of things are doable. I think a, a complete overhaul, though, is what it needed. And yeah. hopefully your neighbor. Well, and I remember you saying, like, if you have a friend that can help you, you guys can do it on your own. Oh, like, really? I wanna... said that. Yeah, you said Come you on. might want some help. I Boy, do remember that. I am such a goldfish. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. I my my ability to retain information 
ends at like you know what what is your favorite type of drywall mud? You know what I mean? Like, it's like oh I love joint compound sheetrock. That's my favorite, you know. And then I completely forget about what my birthday is, you know. <laughs> but no, I think that's great. I'm happy you turned out so well. Yeah. Um, I wish they sent it in photos. Um, well, I don't think it's done yet, but oh. we will text them back and say, oh. send us completed photos. Send us those photos, and then I will... Emma, if you're listening, send it to us. Send us those photos, <laughs> and then I will be reminded about what this is once again. So, <laughs> I remember... And Matt will things. have the segment queued up. Yep, exactly. That's that, that really is wonderful that their neighbors helping them. Also, yeah. it sucks when people buy homes and they're lied to, yeah. or they're... They're misrepresented, I should say, right? Some, How often that happens? Some inspections will carry a warranty yes. that if they didn't catch something in the inspection that they have to cover the, rep- you know, or yeah. something. But often, though, often the buyer, so often the seller can put that in there, right, Maggie? So that the seller can have their own inspector, right? Mm-hmm. And they can... If they were selling it, they can make a stipulation being like, I want my inspector to, to do it instead of your inspector. I think those kind of things can be so dishonest. That just yeah, happened to someone online sure. where I don't know if you saw this video. Um, I was tagged in it quite a bunch. But there was a video of someone who went underneath their house in a crawl space. Yes. And you saw and the, the plumbing. And the stack was just going sh- like yeah, yeah. sewage straight under the their The drain house. pipe that yeah. was leading into the stack was completely disconnected. Yep. And that and they, this was it was disconnected for for some time. Mm-hmm. So there was a pool of um, sewage, a pool of feces yeah. uh, everywhere, and it was pretty uh, disgusting. Yeah. But also a thing that I don't think anyone talked about in the comments, but something is really important about that specific type of disaster is that not only is it just an awful smell and, and that's just a, a terrible situation to be in especially when you're you find out that's happening while mm-hmm. you're underneath the crawl space you know yeah, what i mean you're that, already under there yeah crawling and around then in it. and then your spouse <laughs> flushes and you see oh you know that uh, video was pretty disgusting yeah it was but really i think the thing that is really important to understand though is that that will fuck up your foundation yep that is the part that we've talked about so often on this podcast about mm-hmm. what deteriorates a foundation the worst. And it really is water. direct water yep. that's eroding all of the, 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 the you know, the strength mm-hmm. of, you know, your foundation is just a bunch of fucking bricks and shit. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes wood that's into the ground. Yeah. And if you erode the the soil around there, mm-hmm. you lose the strength and integrity of the home. And if you are having water underneath like that, yeah, it can really, really that water is going to dispute, distribute and potentially damage well, the foundation. Not to mention just like the toxicity of the soil around. Like I would never want to have a garden there, mm-hmm. like even though it's under the house and like, you know, but all of the water you know runoff all of the soil like i well, would not want it it all depends mm. I, I i know less about that yeah but i will say it all depends in and 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 how long it's been mm-hmm. and the runoff specifically i mean it de- i mean a lot depends because it could be okay it could also be really bad yeah i think the biggest problem like is leaching into the ground yeah i think the, i think the biggest problem is that like it's such a big damage. I mean that the 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 actual drain pipe was like 
completely off of the mm-hmm. toilet. I think it was completely just yep. it's going like, straight to the ground. Oh, it was awful. Like yeah. I saw that and I was just so confused on how you could miss that. Like mm-hmm. uh it, the inspector who would either either they did not see it, right? Which would be a crazy thing to me, or they didn't even really expect it. And inspectors are supposed to go mm-hmm. and wiggle basically things you're not supposed to just look at it and be like that's good you're supposed to generally test things out and yeah and and especially those major things with pipes like you should do these things you know what i mean i thought that was just wild to see that mm-hmm. so that being said it's awful when people misrepresent what the home is yeah you know what i mean it, it makes it really frustrating and as new homeowners, you are particularly vulnerable to that, mm-hmm. you know, um, because you don't know what you don't know. Yep. So the, you're kind of relying on the generosity and the kindness of others to help walk you through that step by step by step. I won't talk too much about my own experience right now, but mm-hmm. may, uh, but me and ZZ were kind of looking into homes at one point. Um, we're no longer looking into it for uh, lots of reasons. But we were looking into that, and I, I found very often how uncomfortable I was in these conversations about a home mm-hmm. because I didn't understand the process of how to get a home. Yeah, You know what I mean? I might be in the other end as a, you know, as a maintenance person or as someone who's helped with renovations, but I've never been in the process of buying a home myself. Yeah. And I feel like you immediately find yourself in a vulnerable situation. And, oh, unless you already have a home and the stakes are a little lower for you. But I feel like even for you, Maggie, you had a home, but you were in a whole different state. Yeah. So I feel like the stakes are pretty high for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If I, I find it fascinating. And I also feel like the system's flawed. But, you know, yeah. that, I, I, I mean, could say that every week we have this podcast. There are some protections in place for new homeowners. Like technically the old homeowners are supposed to disclose everything that's wrong with the house. Yeah, I know that. And if they don't, then you could basically sue the old homeowner to take care of the repairs. Because if, but you would have to be able to basically like prove that they knew about this. Like if they didn't know about it, you know, so that kind of gets a little hard. Yeah. But, you know, but that's the thing is like. But everything that they, everything that the caller has shown mm -hmm. us in the video and what you're telling me that the caller said in the previous podcast, all of that seems like stuff that would be, you know, it's almost not worth the trouble. It's like all this, it's that the thing that frustrates me is all the little stuff from the bad paint job and, Mm -hmm. you know, to this, to that. Uh, yeah, to the bad sure. plumbing. It's 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 these things that aren't major enough. The one we were talking about on a TikTok, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. a whole different right. That that, yeah. that previous homeowner should be raked through the coals. Yep. But for for this one, it's I don't know, it's really worth your your time yeah. and trouble. And it all depends if you had an inspector or not, too. So mm-hmm. Ugh, okay, Maggie. <laughs> I think that we went into this one nice and easy and, and got all the I didn't really give him any answers because it was an update. But uh, you know what? I'm going to say, you know what? This is a good update. I'm happy about it. Yeah. I deserve 10 points out of the gate. There you go. Okay. What do you think? 10 yeah, points? Yeah, 10 points. Cool. I don't, and we're doing points now, apparently. Uh, <laughs> you get a point, and you get a point. And you get, and a, you point, get a point, and you get a point, <laughs> and you get a puppy. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Hello. Handy ma'am. you are so handy. I just love you. I have a question about recocking my whole bathtub, how to remove it and how to put the new stuff on so it looks not like uh, a fool frosting a cake. (laughs) 
My name is Moxie Rose, honey, and my pronouns are she and her. I really would appreciate help. And if you've already done this topic, which, gosh, it really wouldn't surprise me because it seems fairly basic, I understand completely. I love you. I love the whole crew. Keep doing the best work possible, as I know you already have. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> okay. I just want to, full disclosure, Moxie Rhodes and I have been burlesque dancers together and friends for years. I love mm-hmm. Moxie so very deeply. But I listened to that voice uh, call and I instantly forgot about what Moxie <laughs> asked me. As soon as I heard, my name is Moxie Rhodes. I wish I uh, would have had a camera on your face. I too, didn't know just the surprise. It didn't it sound so like cute. it didn't sound like Moxie at all to me. <laughs> then all of a sudden, she was like, "This is Moxie Rhodes." I pooped myself a little bit, and I got so excited. Mo- yeah, I love love Moxie. What was her question again? <laughs> uh, she was asking about bathtub caulking, how oh, to yeah. remove the caulk, and then how to do a good job so it doesn't look like a poorly frosted cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i love her so stupid oh she's so funny okay so how do you remove uh cock well uh moxie you know a thing or two about removing bad cock so let's talk about uh using a tool that's called cock devil okay <laughs> a cock devil is my favorite cocking tool i think it's like four or five dollars it's almost at every hardware store and the thing i like about it is that one side of it is like a scooping mechanism like it's a scoopy metal like thing and then the other side is like a plastic rubber thing that like pushes the cock in so both of those things are really nice and handy there's other tools that you can get you can even use a knife like using uh, a utility knife or using a util- uh, sometimes like a box cutters mm-hmm. will be fine too but basically you're just cutting the seal right underneath the uh, the sealant on one side and then on the top of it you're doing the same so you're just cutting the seal and you're just trying to scrape it all off and then you want to grab the tail end and just pull it out if you can but with a cock devil you're able to like literally scoop it up from the the tip (laughs) god there's no way to talk about this and not sound like we're just making some type of an adult film you know what i mean you want to grab it from the tip and you just want to scoop it right out you know (laughs) when did we become when when did this podcast become like like um like uh 18 and plus yeah no yeah it instantly is no longer i mean i think you went into it trying to be g-rated and then it quickly yeah it maybe asked me if i wanted this to be a podcast that's like for everybody or adult and then i said no we want it for everybody we ever wanted to be able to learn first or second week i'm like (laughs) (laughs) just poops and cock jokes Mm -hmm. but any that all being said the cock devil does have that scooping thing that will help a lot if you don't have the resources or the access to finding a tool that's going to make it easier for you then a utility knife will be fine to just scoop it out and then just kind of you got to remove all of it when it comes to removing caulking you got to remove all of it all the residue all of it if you're having some sticky residue left over if you get a rag and you just kind of like thumb over it or even if without a rag and you just take a dry thumb mm-hmm. and you rub over it, you usually get it to go. And then you can kind of clean the area with like this soap and with some a mixture of water. Just get it nice and clean and all the extra residue has got to be out. Because when you recock it, when you're going back in, right, the surface has to be dry, clean and avoid of 
all the extra debris that you might have. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a good seal if you are having any type of loose, you know, crud anywhere. So you want to make sure that all the previous seal- sealant is out of the way. Does that make sense, Maggie? Yep. Yeah. And then I would say, then it's all, we're talking about a bathtub specifically, right? Yeah. Then you want to talk about getting a silicone cock. I think that's going to work the best for you. God damn it. Just saying that out loud makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> my preferred ba- brand, I say this all the time. Maggie should, hopefully, Maggie, what kind of, what brand of cocking am I going to say? Do you know? Do you yeah. have a, wait, no, I'm not. Oh. Big Stretch. Oh. Big Stretch is the other, Dap and uh, Big Stretch are the two ones I re- recommend the most. Most I like Big Stretch. Um, because of of its name, mm-hmm. the stretch itself is really good. It, mm. it really does do a good job being pliable around a bathtub. And you got to think about what a bathtub does. You know, it holds you. You yeah. know, and your family, and it holds water. It holds a lot of weight, right? So it shifts sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it just naturally does. Even if it shifts, like you know, uh, like a hair. That mm-hmm. does matter for your cocking that's around the tub. It can crack because of the weight that you're yeah. adding to it and the way that it's experiencing. So, and also the moisture too. I mean, you want something that's going to stretch over extreme moisture and then potentially dryness, right? Like that big back and forth is really necessary. And I think Big Stretch does a really good job Dap does make a really good silicone bathroom one. Mm-hmm. Make sure that no matter what you do, make sure that it says somewhere on the packaging or somewhere on the the caulking, it talks about mold and mildew resistant. Yeah. That's always a really big one, but especially when we're talking about in the bathroom itself. Okay. Did Moxie also ask about how to apply it? We have another question about <gasps> wow, double... issues with application. Oh, my God. We are getting... Oh, no, I should make this joke. I was going to make the joke that we're getting DP'd right now, but... <laughs> God, this is the dirtiest podcast we've ever done. I have been trying for months. I've been trying to just walk that fucking line of like, no, she's really wholesome. She's real wholesome, and she just wants to help people with their DIY knowledge, and then this episode is like let's get dirty <laughs> can you tell that i haven't done burlesque for three months yeah i and was now... gonna say the podcasters like know know the true yeah. side of mercury which is more like the burlesque side yeah 100 <laughs> percent. the podcast always shows a little bit of my like burlesque diva side where uh-huh. it's a little bit naughtier a little bit it's uh, <laughs> a lot naughtier <laughs> you know on tiktok i'm people call me a lot like i, I get called the mrs rogers of tiktok yeah i get called like you know miss frizzle yep uh bob ross of tiktok yeah. i get called that a lot but boy when i'm on this podcast it's like <laughs> I, I don't know i feel like i don't know i feel Mr. like miss frizzle after dark yeah miss frizzle <laughs> after dark <laughs> she's in leather with a fucking whip <laughs> She's like, let's get in the bus, kids. Beep, beep. <laughs> and you walk into the, the, the school bus and it's just like a dungeon. The red light comes out and people are all tied up and shit. And there's hard points everywhere. If you know what a hard point is, you're one of us. You're one of us. <laughs> Anyways, Maggie, you ready for the next question? Let's do the next cocking question. <laughs> This is from Tina, uh, pronouns she, her from Southern Oregon. Hi, Mercury. My name is Tina, she, her, and I am from a very small town of 890 people in Southern Oregon. I saw your post on Facebook. I also follow you on TikTok. 
I have a question for you about caulking. I'm having a very hard time getting it to stick. It keeps shrinking and then either pulling oh. away from the wall and cracking. This is on the bathtub rim. I tried scraping it and then applying bleach to the cleaned area, but it is still doing it. And I have pictures for you here. Okay, yeah, this is good. Okay, so it keeps shrinking. There's a few things that's ha that are happening here. A, that gap that you're showing me is fairly thick. That's a fairly big gap. Where Did they say where this is in their home? The bathtub. It's in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. This is right outside of the bathtub? She's at the bathtub rim. So I'm assuming around the, the top edge of the bathtub. Oh, okay. Okay. If, it was, if this was on the outside, I would say I would say um, PVC cord around. I would add in actually mm -hmm. PVC mm -hmm. corner around right yeah. in that area. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, um, uh, against the floor. Yeah, that's my favorite technique because I think that does a pretty good job with those bigger gaps. The first thing I would say is you're going to need to layer this. I, I, I think that because of this gap is... It's hard to tell officially how big this gap is, but it's pretty big. You're going to need more caulking than you've done in the past. Mm -hmm. And you probably, you never want to do two coats of caulking, mm. right? Like you don't, you don't want to like go over it the second time, right? Oh, sure. Right. You're like, that's not something you really want to do. But what you could do is you could put some filler in there. Like yeah. you could put, like you could remove all the caulk, get it all out. Do what we just got done telling Moxie, right? And then you put in some of that, like, God, what is that stuff called? That 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 stuff that just spreads. What is that expanding? Expanding foam oh, stuff. Yeah, expanding like foam filler. Yeah, and then you cut that, and then you add in the cock uh, uh, right above that. Yeah, because it'll expand outside of where you want it to yeah. be, and then you have to trim it back. Yeah, you might want to even like take the green tape or some type of tape, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then close it all off except a little part. Right, and then spray it in there, and then it's going to go up until that the yep. the tape, and then you can always snip. It's kind of hard to cut. You might need like a serrated knife of some yeah. kind to be able to cut it. But I think that would work a lot better for you, in all honesty. And I think that the gap is really what you're struggling with because caulking is designed to shrink. Mm -hmm. You don't want it. You don't want it not to. Okay, like you want it to get smaller. And it get nice and compact into the slot that you're trying to, mm -hmm. the gap that you're trying to fill, essentially. Well, another technique that you could do is kind of like what we were just talking about with having the tape there. You could just pick out sections that are really the, the problem. It looks like there's just like major sections that are really the issue. Yeah. You can fill in the cock right there, like fill in the sealant right into those gaps into the hole. Like mm -hmm. get, get um, a squeezable tube. Instead of uh, a big tube, like getting a squeezable package, rather. Right. Like, um, you know, ones that can fit in your hand. You know what I'm talking about, Maggie? They're the so. They're the ones that are seven or eight inches big, and they're like, like they look like toothpaste. Mm, sure. And you just yep. squeeze those, and they have a much more serrated nose. Mm -hmm. And um, they get like a, not serrated, a uh, much more angled um, tip, almost like a syringe. Is That's what I'm trying to say. It's like a syringe <laughs> tip. And you can inject that more in there. That might be good. Mm -hmm. And then you can fill out th that afterwards. That would be what my guess would be. Uh -huh. And then as far as the, like making it look a little bit cleaner, I would say this is where you get the, the green tape and the frog mm -hmm. tape technique I always talk about. You put frog tape down below and frog tape above about like one eighth of an inch away. The painter's tape. Yeah, from the gap. 
and then you just have it nice and straight across. I have a video on this on my mm-hmm. TikTok if you want to look it up on, on the underneath the how-to playlist. But then that there's a nice gap that's nice and straight. And then when you add in the cock, you can remove the frog tape right away. And then it makes it clean. You want to make sure that you um, add the cock and then you press it all down with your thumb. If you have the cock devil that we just talked about, mm-hmm. it does a really good job. Of just like making it nice and smooth all the way. If you just use your thumb or use a finger, make sure you wet it. It's mm-hmm. going to make the the sides a little bit more feathered, and it's going to make it look more natural and much more of a good transition between, you know, your wall and your mm-hmm. tub. Mm-hmm. That's always a thing. So I think it's not a thick line. Yeah, think about this as an artistic expression rather than like a task. Mm-hmm. Think of this as like you want it to be feathered off where they're both cohesively coexisting, right? Like. Your wall and your tub are one rather than like there's a strong line here and a strong line here. Right. You want it very much feathered into itself. And if you think about those terms and you feather the top and then you feather the bottom, it usually does a pretty good job. Nice. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That would be there you go. I think um, we are good on the cocks today. Um, I think I'm all worn out. No more cock. No, no more cock. Let's go. <laughs> let's go and talk about something else, Maggie. That's PG today. <laughs> Puppies. Hi, friends. My name is Kamea. She, her. I'm up in the northwest corner of Washington, and oh, I'm kind of nervous to ask this question, but I'm looking at building an ADU with my husband on our property, and I'm really excited about it. But I'm also intimidated by helping oversee a construction project. And uh, we've talked to one contractor, and my husband was like, "What do you think?" And I, I don't want to hire him because he's kind of a bro. And, yeah, I guess I'm curious if you have thoughts about that (laughs) and also just, like, what I might ask the contractor to make sure I'm making a good hiring choice. This is a really significant project in my life. And if you have any thoughts on what I should consider to make it a lasting, livable space for the person I'm going to be sharing space with. So, Anyway, thanks for all of the work that you do. Your content has made home improvement and construction feel way more accessible to me. And I am a huge advocate for your show in my little area. So anyway, thank you so much. Bye. I appreciate you calling, but the whole time I started laughing because I started thinking about you listening to this episode with your mother or mother-in-law is what you said. And then realizing that the first two questions of this episode, <laughs> and how uncomfortable that would be. Like, oh, my God, Mercury's answered our question. Isn't that so sweet? And then you're listening to it together to find out the answer. And then all of a sudden you hear just 10 minutes of just awful, ridiculous adult jokes. <laughs> so funny to me. Okay. So I had to look this up a little bit because I haven't heard that specific term. Okay. Yeah. But let's. Um, just go with it. Well, like, what would you would normally ask a contractor in a situation of building anything, mm-hmm. right? I don't know the codes without what an AUD is supposed to be according to your house. Instantly, when we looked it up, there's a bunch of codes that it needs to admit. So I think it's someone you want to make sure the contractor has done an AUD before. That would be my very first thing. Any type of contractor who's doing something for the very first time, yeah. I, you know, if you're really experienced, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've never done this specific thing before, 
uh, and, red flags go up because like there's a lot of codes that's involved yeah. in this. I would want the contractor to have had experience with a specific thing that we're trying to create. And if people don't know what an ADU is, it's an accessory dwelling unit. So it's like a, a, a small, like, you know, mother-in-law suite or like a, you know, tiny house in, in your backyard. It's basically like a second home on your property, a small second home on your property. So, so yeah, it's, it's like a whole... It's a whole unit. It's a whole. So, you know, the, the questions I have right away, like if this is going up, did they say where this is going in their backyard or mm-hmm. where? Okay. So the questions I have property. is what is the foundation like? Right. Like, are they going to, is this is our concrete slab? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be planking? What is this going to be like? Right. Is it going to be a shed based one or is it going to have a concrete slab? Those would be the, the things that would go off the, the bat right away. What is the structure like? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what do we have an already a clear idea of what this design will be? You know, like, are we going to be having um, uh, what kind of installation do we want? Are we going to have drywall inside? What what aspects are we going to have? Those are things that are really important because it's all going to affect the bottom line and the quote. So I would say be very before you even get to the contractor, you want to have a design in mind. Mm-hmm. You don't want the the contractor to have any say in this, to be honest. <laughs> because contractors will always add in things that either A, they're really comfortable with doing, right? And they'll lean into their strengths, which is fine. But then you'll also add in things sometimes where it's like, you know, we have this thing that we've had for a long time. We need to mm-hmm. load that on somebody. And this person doesn't know. Let's you know, you know what I mean. Like th- those when you get contractors who load on things on you where they shouldn't be loading on. Yeah. Is this going to have a bathroom? Does AUDs have bathrooms? I'm guessing they do. Uh, they're like yeah, a whole contained part of the definition. They're but... all like a whole contained space. I'm yeah. guessing, right? So maybe in like a kitchenette area. Mm-hmm. I don't even fully know what they would all entail. Yeah. To me, I imagine like an efficiency mm-hmm. is what I imagine, yeah. right? Maybe maybe I'm completely off base here. But to me, then you would want to have someone who is not just understanding of construction, but someone who understands how those old things would work together. Like how yeah. does, if you never built an AUD before, I would be hard pressed to want to trust somebody because it does feel kind of intricate to mm-hmm. pull it all off and pull it off in a way that makes sense. So I would say have the materials in mind, have the dimensions in mind, have the design somewhat mm-hmm. in a hard way, right? Like the overall look from the colors and like the the, the the types of like wood grain. You don't need to necessarily know that, but you should kind of know what type of wood you might want. You might want to know what type of like countertops you might want for the mm-hmm. for like the direction you're gonna go in. Like yeah. if you want concrete, you know, countertops, if you want marble countertops, we mm-hmm. should probably know those kind of things. And then the last thing is how is it gonna be powered? You know what I mean? Like we're talking is is an AUD something that has its own piping system too for for plumbing or is it self-contained? Is it some type of like, you know, a self-efficient um, plumbing system? You know, all those kind of things really matter. It also might matter where the, um, you know, where your stack is in the house mm-hmm. and where your drainage is in the house because like, if they're going to tap into your drain yeah. system, you're going to need to know where that is and how much that's going to cost. And you're gonna, you need to get the city to approve that. Yep. And that's all important stuff to know. 
And then the last thing is that similar context to that is electricity. You're going to need to know similar aspects Mm -hmm. in order to pull off electricity. You know what I mean? Depending on where it is in your home. But I would assume that if you're asking me this question, you kind of have an idea of what an AUD would entail and what you would want from that. But I think when you go into the contractor, you really want to make sure you have it really laid out and you have a pretty firm grasp of what you want. And then, as I always say, three contractors. Always mm-hmm. three contractors, right? Because you want one contractor to talk to, to just kind of like you can you can be your honest self with. You know, you can just tell them exactly how you feel and get every single question out. Every single question. I want you to unload and show them how absolutely in the dark you are, okay? Mm-hmm. And I want you to get every last drop of information out of them. And then... All the information that you just got from them, use for the next two quotes. And that has always been my tactic with contractors. Like, like feel out the first one. Right. Get as much info. Drain them like a piece of toothpaste. And I want <laughs> you to get every last piece of knowledge on your specific area that you can out. And then use that to help get honest prices out of your next two contractors mm-hmm. that you're going to meet. And if... The the rule of thumb, in my opinion, is never go for the high one, never go for the low one, always go for the middle. And if the first one gives you a pretty accurate quote to the other two, go with the first one. Mm-hmm. Because if the first one took you and you were vulnerable and you mm-hmm. showed how much mm-hmm. you didn't know and you were honest about everything and they and if they gave you a good, honest quote... They are the most honest person in the room. I can guarantee it. <laughs> They're almost always the best contractors. Yeah. The ones who not just who don't just tell you they want to take care of you. They generally showcase they want to take care of you. Yeah. Uh, I think the worst contractors are ones that come into the space and act like they already have the job. Yep. So be aware of that. We've experienced that kind mm-hmm. of before. I think contractors who already start using the we and that like time frame. Right. And I, I get really nervous from those contractors. I always have. But now, especially as a business owner, I'm like, we can fucking, everything's on our timetable. It's not yep. on your timetable. You know what I mean? And I get nervous when they start talking about when they can fit us in and when it would work best for them. Because often the way that jobs work in construction, right, is that you will have long periods of time of having no jobs mm-hmm. because of the weather. And then you want to have indoor jobs. You want to have, like, indoor jobs and outdoor jobs, right? Right. If you're doing an indoor, like, a business job a lot of times, I can almost guarantee those contractors are salivating. Like, they were like, oh, my God, if we have a bad rain day, we can just show up and fix your stuff. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's what they want. They want to have a good amount of indoor jobs. Be their side piece. Yes. Well, kind of, <laughs> yeah. We're never the ones they really want because we're not going to give them the most money. But it, it, we can be the way that they can prevent losing money. Right. And that's the way the contractors think and function sometimes. Like, they'll look at the forecast and they'll see that, oh, you know, Wednesday and Thursday, I might not be able to do this. Let me call, you know, Tom, Dick, and Henry and see if they'll let me into their unit so I can do the renovation mm, on the mm-hmm. bathtub or their kitchen. Right? right. So think about that kind of shit when you're doing this stuff. Really think about how you're interacting with the contractor and... You know, I think it's good to know if you're going to be, if they're going to send your stuff to a general contractor. Like, I always think it's good to have a contractor who who's doing a quote 
to mm-hmm. actually be the person who does it. That's my yeah. honest opinion. I think they're rare and far in between these days, but I do think a contractor who is doing the quote and also doing the work is such a valuable thing. Mm-hmm. You build a trust and an honesty with them. And I hate going through someone else instead of just talking to them genuinely. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like I, you're talking to a salesperson. Not yeah, I, I really hate that, that, that thing that happens a lot, but also just the nature of the beast, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I hope that answers your question. I hope we did it. Anything else to add, Maggie? I mean, I would say, you know, the, the what you were talking about with the designs, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, I would recommend having your own either architect or structural engineer um, build, like, create a design for your contractor to follow. We did some major renovations are on our home, and we used the contractors. Um, oh, yeah. You know, people, basically his structural engineer and his designer, and it was fine, but, like, they missed things because we never worked with them directly. We went from, you know, talk to the contractor and then he talked to them. And I feel like him being the middleman really, like, you know, made some issues that could have been avoided if we had direct access to, you know, our architect or structural engineer and had the plans to give to the to the contractor. So I highly agree with that. I did also see something recently that I thought was really interesting is asking your contractor to put you on their certificate of insurance during the the length of your job. And so what that means is it doesn't cost them any money. It just means that you are also insured on their job, right? So if you trip and fall on the job, you are also insured. If something happens to your home, while they're working in your backyard, you're also insured, but it's free for them to do it. And it it just is a matter of like paperwork, right? And if you want somebody that you can rely on that can like do the paperwork and, you know, get you things in a timely manner and get back to you, just ask them to put you on their COI. We have our landlord here on our, um, you know, property insurance for the space is on our certificate of insurance. And yeah, it just it's extra protection for you and it also lets you know if if they're like not on the up and up, then they're gonna hem and haw and they're gonna avoid that that question and they're gonna be like, Oh yeah, I can't really do that. That rah, rah, rah. Yeah. I really like your impression, Maggie. That's really good. <laughs> I've never I Maggie, I gotta tell you, I've never heard of that. I've I have never, never heard of it I've either. Heard of but that. I, you know, it makes sense because I exper- we experienced it with the landlord here. He's on our you know, certificate of insurance. It just means that, like, you know, it, it everybody's a little more protected. It makes complete sense. And I don't know why that never... I'm, I probably have had things like that where I've mm-hmm. had a sign. But again, when you're when you're the maintenance technician, right, and you're doing these jobs and you're one of, like, five people that shows up on a mm-hmm. job site, you know, like, I, don't, I not my job to know those things. is my job to repair things, right? right, right. right. So I don't always know those intricate little details. But that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. That was a really good tip. Look at that, um, Maggie. And I would say one more thing is that oh. based on experience, you want a contractor who has employees or people, uh, his contractors on either on payroll or only working for him. If you have a contractor yeah. who is yep. subcontracting yep. out to a bunch of different other companies, yep. you, you never know when they're going to show up. The, his job the is not always a priority. Yeah. You know, they're not like then you're going through five the- different. That, contractors. Yeah, that's what I mean when I say that um, if the general contractor is going to outsource it, right? right? 
if we're talking about the subcontractors, that's when we're starting to talk about like, you know, miscommunications, mm-hmm. unmarked vans. God, I hate when they show up with yeah. unmarked vans. I hate when they show up and their tools are outdated. I mean, I, as someone who has like seen this so many times, mm-hmm. I will lose so much respect for my company instantly when I see people show up in unmarked vans without any uniform on, any type of gear put together. And I instantly go like, where do they fucking find these guys? Yeah. And that's how it always feels because like when you have people in your home, you want to feel like you're taken care of. You want to feel like you're one unified force. And I think those things really do matter. I really Mm -hmm. do. It really plays mind games with your your head when you get strangers who you've never met, you've never talked to before, show up in an unmarked van with bad tools and no uniform on. Well, and then the contractor is upcharging what their normal base rate is and then charging you for scheduling them to come out. Yeah. It's like, well, what the, why, you know, no, thank you. It's because a lot of times the the general contractor will have the name, Mm -hmm. they will have the notoriety, they'll have the infrastructure. Right. And the subcontractors won't. Hence why it's so common to see a subcontractor not to have a marked van, not to have any type of good tools, not to have the resources they need because they're starting out. Subcontractors, almost by the very nature, are people who are typically like less than five years into the game, maybe three years. Sometimes they're brand spanking new, Mm -hmm. like under a year or two, and that stuff terrifies me when we're talking about especially <laughs> for an AUD. I'm like I said, I don't really know I've never worked it's like on that. Building a whole other house. Yeah, it sounds like it's it sounds like it's building a tiny house. Yeah. Um and tiny houses sound like they'd be easy to build. They're not. They're mm-hmm. generally hard to build because they're compact. You know, um the biggest I watch a lot of those tiny house builds on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things I will see is that people will put things next to each other that makes absolutely no <laughs> sense. Doors. Doors. Yeah. So often doors. Like, um, people will put in doors in spaces where it's like, well, then how are you going to open this? And how are you going to do that? And that's why you need a you go- designer. Yeah, yeah. Like a true designer. I also think pocket doors are really underrated. Mm-hmm. I really think pocket doors are underrated. Especially in confined spaces. I think oh, finding yeah. a good, nice way to put it in a pocket door or two. Oh, my God. Saves you so much space. Yeah. Um, and I also think, like, thinking of new ways to hold cabinetry and thinking of new ways. Like, do you need a cabinet door or do you want a sliding mechanism? Like, what do you want? How do you want to design? Mm-hmm. What ways can you save money? Having someone who's worked on tiny homes. Um, tiny houses and or um, AUDs would be great. Like if your contractor hasn't done an AUD, but they've done tiny houses for somebody, there you go. Yeah, you know, um, there you go. I think we answered this pretty good. <laughs> this is pretty pretty thorough. Yeah, I wasn't positive how we we're gonna go, and now that we've answered it, <laughs> wow, we answered that so good. We answered it until it died. <laughs> Hi, Mercury. My name is Malachi. My pronouns are they them. I have an issue in my bathroom we've just re like been redoing my whole house because it's from the 1970s and <laughs> hadn't been updated at, really at all it was pretty rough but we've got the majority of the work done and now we're at the finishing parts of the bathroom and we've got our shower head connected and anytime we try to run the shower head 
it leaks from the base on the wall. See, it's not leaking out of the shower head itself. The wall where it screws into is leaking. And no matter how much Teflon tape I use, how many times I just try to screw it really, really, really good, it doesn't seal fully and keeps dripping from the bottom of it. So I don't know exactly what to do. Thank you, please. And I hope you guys have a great day. That's such a good name, Malachi. Mm -hmm. I really like that. I feel like you could put like a spell on the shower head to help you fix this problem. You know, Malachi. <laughs> you just sprinkle like like a whole bunch of glitter dust on it I and it just it. fixes the problem. Yeah. This is such a good question because I think it's one of those things where this is like a universal headache when we were talking about shower heads. So to clarify, Maggie, you tell me if I'm wrong here. Are we talking about the fact that they took off the shower head, right? And the extension rod or the extension pipe that is from the wall mm -hmm. to the shower head. Now, where the wall meets the extension pipe, that is where it's leaking. That's what I visualized when they were talking. That's what I thought. Was that too. it's like dripping down, probably like dripping down the tile. So common. Right there. This is so the, common. At the when wall. You, but they took off the shower head first, right? They replaced the shower head? Um, yeah. They said yeah, that they that's where, like that, redid the Teflon that's where the tape and they tried to that's make where it the really problem tight. Is. That's where the problem is. So mm. when you take off the shower head, um, if this wasn't a problem that was already occurring, almost always happens when you take the shower head off. Mm -hmm. Because what happens, right? You 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 take off the shower head, but then you maybe put too much torque on it or mm. maybe you twist it in a way that the pipe wasn't ready for. <laughs> and it just wiggled that connection between the extension pipe and the wall, right? Mm. Because there's a, there's a connection point. Either right before or right after. It might be in the wall a little bit. Oh, it's hard sure. to know for sure. But there is a, a connection point between those two. There's a pipe that's coming in the wall, and then there's an extension pipe that's coming off of that pipe. Right. And that connection might need to be taken off and then re-put in the Teflo tape on that part and then put it all back so together. So the part that when you take the shower head off that is going like into the hole in the wall itself. Yes. To to the pipe that's yeah. behind the wall. There typically is this little metal like mm -hmm. thing that fits over your shower head pipe. Right. And then hides a hole in the wall. Yeah. You'll need to take that off, probably with some screws and, and whatnot that's into the drywall. And then you will reveal the hole. And then probably hiding in there is probably the, the connection point. Sometimes they're sweated on. And what I mean by that is mm. sometimes there's two pipes that instead of there being a connection point, they're they're like, you know, copper pipes that are sweat together. And that's a little bit different. You know, then then you might want to call a friend up who knows mm -hmm. how to do some of that stuff. Or you can just look up how to sweat copper pipes. Um, and if you feel confident enough, Malachi, go for it. <laughs> if you don't, uh, do not don't make this your first try. Right. If you need to cut piping, I say use shark bite fittings. If you need to connect the two, I think in that instance, it's easily accessible if something would go wrong later and it's going to solve the problem. But I think to start with, take a look and see what the connection point is there. Mm -hmm. It's I don't think it's your shower head that's doing the problem. Right. It might be. I, I, I can't see it, right? But from what you're telling me, it's dripping down the wall, and I believe it's the extension pipe that's coming, you know, before it gets to the shower head, right? right. It's the other side of that, right? They make those ones that are, are S-pipes, too, where 
the S pipe is designed in a way where it gives you an extension. So if you're a tall person like me, right? Oh yeah, it goes, it curves upward. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that one pipe that's coming right out of the wall, right? That's a pretty angular pipe that usually, like, if you have a shower, it usually hits me right in my chest. <laughs> it doesn't hit my head. Right. And that's why I like those S pipes because they give me an extra foot or two. Mm-hmm. You can get 14, 22 inch S pipes, and that's the part. You take that extension pipe off and you put that you know um s pipe on and boop there you go you got two extra feet on your head yeah yeah where to go we we learn something new every day maggie (laughs) what do you think do we answer that pretty good i think so yeah yeah that makes sense yeah yeah you don't look confident maggie you don't look confident you look (laughs) you look like you're you're apprehensive no honestly i think it's that i don't think i've ever seen the connection of the extension pipe to the main pipe. So I was trying to like visualize in my head, like, does it just unscrew? Like, how do you get that extension pipe off? I guess I made that very unclear, didn't I? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Maggie, here we go. Yep. The technical term for this, Maggie, is called a shower arm. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to show you this image right here. I'm just showing Maggie right now a diagram of a shower diagram what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you have this pipe that's coming up inside the wall, right? Mm-hmm. That's coming from where the where the the faucet is. Yeah. And it's a, a pipe that's going right above the faucet, right? And then that's going into what they call a faucet arm. I just say is an extension arm, right? But the but the the shower arm mm-hmm. is then what goes into your shower head. Yeah. But typically it's threaded. Typically it's threaded. Oh, okay. Sometimes it's sweated and that's what I meant. Yeah. Because there's a connection right behind the wall. Yes. Well, sometimes there's a connection right after the wall. Oh. It's not all okay. the same. It all depends on what your specific, you know, flavor is. Right. You know, but that's typically what you see, Megs. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've changed shower heads before, but I honestly have never, I don't think I've ever paid attention to the shower arm or that, <laughs> you know, the extension because I've well, never had any issues well, with it. Well, that's the thing. There's a cover that's covering that up, right? Like, mm-hmm. typically there's a little... You know, yeah. there's a little thing that covers a hole right. up so you can't see the hole that's coming right out of it. I mean, that hole is almost always unfinished yeah. uh, and it's a crappy yeah. ass hole. So you just put this little, <laughs> you know, metal Circular guard cover. on it. Yeah. 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 And then make it look a little bit de- decent. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically what it is. Cool. There we go. We answered Less it. confused. Yay. So, so good. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's right. That's the last question of the day. That is the last question. Wow. That's the last question. I was waiting for the next question, and I was like, oh, are we done? And then we were waiting for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that always happens. Everybody, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Handy Mama Hotline. Please tell your friends. Leave a review. Help us reach more people, okay? Like, I love this podcast. I love doing it. You're what's keeping it alive, okay? Mm-hmm. So tell your friends about it. Make sure you ask us the questions, okay? Make sure you call us and leave a voicemail or text us at this number that Maggie's going to say right now. 608-205-8768. You call us at that number and then we will answer it the best of uh, our ability. We are also very known to get back to you no matter what. Our wonderful uh, production goblin, Basil, gets back to as many people as possible. They're really good about that. So if you have a question and you still want my eyes on it, it might not get answered here. It doesn't mean it won't get answered at all. It might still get answered by yeah. me. We try our very best to, to help as many people as we possibly can. So if you've got a question, ask us. It does not hurt to ask. It doesn't cost any money at all. 
send in your questions and we'll do the best we can. And that being said, if you do want to support us right now, I always love when people go on our Patreon. That means a lot to us. But I would rather you right now support our wonderful $1 million fundraiser for Point of Pride. We could use all the money we can get to help us reach $1 million. So please help trans help rights and trans kids right trans now. People. Yeah, it's going to help 11,000 trans people. That yeah, means binders, gaffs, HRT treatment for an entire year. And it's going to help people access gender-affirming surgeries. The fund is, is wonderful, and I'm really proud of the work that we're doing to make yeah. that happen. You can learn more by, by clicking the link in the bio of this episode. The description. Of the description of this episode. <laughs> and until next time, everybody remember, you're worth the time it takes to learn a new skill. Bye-bye. The theme song for the Handyman Hotline was written by Rody Walker. The questions were picked out by our production assistants, Ray and Basil. And the sound was engineered by Matthew Allen Hag. Thank you for listening. See you next time. This episode is sponsored by our friend Snugplug. You know I don't do many sponsorships. So when I do, you know that I believe in the product. We all face outlets sometimes that have loose connection. They just fall out. When you're doing your vacuuming or you're trying to charge your phone, it just falls right out of the wall. Well, now with Snugplug, you don't need to worry about that anymore. You just insert that and it'll be nice and snug. A wonderful invention that I think you should get as well. And you can support us here at the podcast by going to the affiliate link and getting yourself a Snugplug. If you enjoyed this episode of the Handyman Hotline, you can listen to an even longer version by supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, $10 or more, you'll be able to get an extra long 30 to 45 minute section every single week. Isn't that amazing? More of me and Maggie. Wow! So thank you so much for all those who already support us, and you too can support us and listen to more on our Patreon. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us keep the pirate ship alive by supporting our sponsors, the wonderful iFixit. They fight for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides to make your life a little bit easier. So grab your hammer.